ladies and gentlemen. It's Tuesday night. It is two days removed from the AEW Double or Nothing, the first pay-per-view to have a live crowd once again. And it, it was so great seeing a live crowd. Oh, my God. It was it was magical. Ben, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well, man. First of, um, all, first of all, I'm Elio. He's Ben. This is PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. But you already know that, so we're not telling you anything you already don't know. Okay, now, how's it going? <laughs> uh, not not bad, man. Not bad. Uh, in, you know, it, it's it. What's so interesting is, you know, so it's Tuesday now, and and we had shows on Sunday and Monday, and and the difference between Double or Nothing and Monday Night Raw in terms of quality of programming as well as entertainment value i mean was, was what the baby was so much better and more entertaining than raw uh yes <laughs> raw song. But oh by, by a long shot uh, it, i just you know to a certain degree i feel like we come on here and we're somewhat repetitive from week to week because that gets easy to do when all you when all you have is free matches on Monday Night Raw and uh, much the same on SmackDown outside of the quality Roman Reigns stuff. I'll tell you, if Roman Reigns wasn't on SmackDown, SmackDown would be on the same playing field as Raw, and I'm not bullshit. Um, but you know, the thing that I enjoyed the most about uh, Double or Nothing. Is it just it made it fun to be a pro wrestling fan? I mean, I you know I was genuinely entertained. The electricity in that building was absolutely just just it sent shivers up, up and down my spine. It was it was just so nice to hear uh, an authentic reaction to a great wrestling show. Now. I'm I'm not saying that the show was perfect. Um, they definitely had some uh, low points, which we'll get into. Um, but unlike uh, Monday Night Raw, which unfortunately we do have to uh, touch on a little bit later, uh, for that we will just be doing the high points and low points. So the the uh, the vast majority of tonight's show will just be a, a deep dive into uh, our thoughts on, on Double or Nothing. So, Elio, uh, I hope you're prepared. You certainly seem nice and warm down in your basement cocoon. And, uh, uh, and to, to close out the show, we are, I'm going to throw out some trivia questions to my co-host and see how well he knows his tag teams. Yeah, well, that one, that one, we uh, we definitely should do better on. I'm I'm more confident in my ability on that one. All right. So, um, well, for me, there weren't many low points on AW. There were a few, and uh, we'll get into that right now. So, AEW from Daily's Place on Sunday, May thirtieth, and Ben. <laughs> Yeah. So we we have five thousand five hundred in attendance. Oh, it was it was just magnanimous. It was beautiful. 
Now, I didn't watch the Brian. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, no, I did not. But when I heard the match that was on it once again, um, why do they keep doing this? Um, why, why would you put Serena Deeb on a uh, pre-show? Well, I, you know, I well, truly don't understand that. And uh, why would you put Riho on a free show? Because uh, Riho is not new to the company. Well, exactly. I mean, I mean, say what you want to about your opinion on Riho out there. And I, I, I think, um, I think that um, you would find a pretty even. Um, distribution of people that like Rio versus those that don't. Uh, for, for me personally, I'm not, I'm not saying she's a bad wrestler in the least, but the fact that she's five foot tall or something and 92 pounds. She's so uh, tiny. She's so tiny. I swear every time I see her wrestle, I'm afraid that like she's gonna, someone's going to break her in half for how tiny she is. <laughs> Well, well and, and that is that is my exact fear as well because um you know it, it kind of and 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 Riho is much better than the than the person that I'm going to compare her to but this is oh. just from a from a size perspective Riho reminds me of like a female Marco stunt it's just I can't I can't do it without fearing for her safety and well-being. Well, there's a difference, though. I don't care about Michael Stunt. <laughs> well, well, exactly. That's what. <laughs> that's why. That's why I said that this was a this was a poor comparison to make. But still, um, you know. So, it, but then again, I understand the need to have a pre-show. Uh, especially for uh, you know AEW um, because it, it fits in so well with the double or nothing uh, theme and with the buy-in and all of that. But it, if it had been up to me, I would have put the Casino Battle Royale on the pre-show. Um, yeah, so so would I. I, I, I always I, I always expect like that to be on the and all the matches to be on the on the actual card. Well, exactly, and I think it should have been. Now, now, granted, it wasn't the AEW Women's Championship on a pre-show, but it, but still, to put any championship on on a pre-show, um, I think does a disservice to the title. Now, we've talked about that before, and how that's just a personal pet peeve of mine. Uh, to put title matches on a pre-show. Um, but especially when you're putting Serena Deeb on there, I have I have an issue. Um, because because she is just so damn good, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and, the, uh, I mean, other than that, uh, you know, by, by and large, uh, believe it or not, as we go down this... Uh, this card for you. Um, you're not gonna. You're not gonna find many complaints from me. There's just a, a few things that I want to point out, just in, in terms of fairness or or how I'm how I might have done something different here or there. But 
you know, uh, usually I, we as fans have been conditioned as of late to just want to tear everything apart because, you know, Raw sucks, you know, WWE by and large sucks. So uh, watching watching AEW uh, on pay-per-view with a crowd uh, and and to have the show be that good um, was just so refreshing. I, you're probably going to hear me uh, say similar sentiments throughout the show, but I... F- I felt like this show really was like chicken soup for my soul because sometimes sometimes it is very tiring for me to be a professional wrestling fan nowadays because it's like, you know, why am I watching this shit outside of the fact that I, you know, uh, that I co-host a podcast. Um but it's just like, you know, 99% of the shows that I see nowadays, especially those on weekly television, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? You know, and and um, so it was just very, very refreshing to have a card that I would say 80% of it front to back was very thoroughly entertaining. Yeah, you know, so um, going back to that uh, pre-show match momentarily, that went fourteen oh three, and I myself am going to go back and watch it because it was supposedly uh, like a great match. So I'm going to go back and uh, take a look at that. Yeah, and I, I I'm I'm going to as well. Um, one of the one of the technical issues I was having is while the pay per view was was actually running. It wasn't showing up in my DVR, and after it finished recording, then it showed up in my DVR. But like, I, I was gonna go, I was gonna go back and watch the pre-show um, earlier today because I, I hadn't seen it yet, and it was only then that the that it had shown up in my uh, DVR. So. Um, I'll be very curious to, and for some reason it recorded twice. So I, I do have to kind of move that. Hold on, from... hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you say go go on, something similar happened uh, with me with uh, SmackDown. It had it recording twice, but then after the show, it only showed up once in my DVR recordings. Yeah. Um, well, and, but I think uh, taking calls at this time. Sorry, fans. But as long as I didn't get charged twice, which I know I didn't, because I only I only hit order one time. I'm I'm very careful when it comes to that. But I just found it very strange. Um, but anyway. All right, so. That's the buy-in show. Um, now we're going to start the main show, and we kick things off with Adam Page versus Brian Cage. Page defeated Brian Cage in 12.07. After the match, uh, there seemed to be like a bit of dissension within Team Taz. Well, and justifiably so. 
Um, number one, because um, Brian Cage had made it clear beforehand um, that he didn't want uh, Team Taz at ringside. And then, out, of course, at a point during the match, um, here comes Ricky Starks and uh, and um, Hook. Hook. Okay, first of all, can I just say, thoughts on Hook? Well, we haven't seen him in the ring. No, just like his presence there. Well, to, to be fair... I don't think that he has had much of an opportunity to have one. Uh, but th- but then again, he looks like he can't be any older than 19 or 20 years old. Like, I just don't think, I, I don't know. There's something about him that I just don't like. I don't, but that's just me. Could, could, it, could, it be the, could it be the fact that you have a problem with Taz and he's Taz's son? Could that that be could it? be. That could be it. I don't. I don't. I don't know. People, you know, just call me Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> okay. So the next one we have for the AEW. But, 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 oh, sorry, but just, but just uh, real quick before we move on, um, I thought that this was that this was a fantastic opener. I mean, oh, the, yeah. the athleticism. Of, of both of these guys, first of all, but especially, especially Brian Cage because he is jai fucking nervous. <laughs> I mean, my God, you know, I I work out, folks, and like I, you know, after Brian Cage shows up on TV, I feel disappointed in myself. I missed um, him. I, I missed him when he was in the FCW because we never got to see FCW here. You can well, watch it online. No, and to and to tell you the truth, I don't think I ever saw a single episode of FCW. Uh, well, apparently you can watch them. They're, they're, the the whole thing is up on YouTube. Like I was watching it not long ago. They had Jake Hager was on there. Heath Miller or Heath Slater. Like they they were using like their actual names in FCW. Cool. Um, but yeah, the, but there were a couple spots um, in the uh, cage page match that I would like to uh, call attention to because I was just very um, impressed by them. Uh, number number one, the moon salt to the outside by Page onto uh, Brian Cage. Oh my God, that was picture perfect. I've never seen a, a match that rhymes so much. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, but then there was there was also a spot where um, let me you know let me move down in my description just so I can just so I can uh, get it right. There was a. Um, there was a Hurricane Rana by uh, by Page, um, or I should say, well, there was one, but before that, there was a there was an attempt at one where um, Page where Cage ended up catching 
Um, the attempted Hurricane Rana uh, went for a power bomb, but but Adam was still able to hit him with the attempted Hurricane Rana anyway. That was just a very nice spot because the, the counter fit so well, both with um, both with uh, Brian's moveset and and the move being executed anyway. It, that was just a very smooth spot. And then um, there was there was another one where um, where. It was one of the nastiest uh, uh, German suplexes onto onto the the neck of um, I believe yeah it was it was a German suplex I'm trying to see by who uh, Yes, yeah, so so Brian, so Brian hit it on Adam, and I swear it was just like holy crap. I mean, the strength of this guy is just un freaking real. I mean, it, I see really big things ahead for both guys, but especially Adam Page. I really, I'm really glad that he got the win because I feel like. Since he lost that um, that first um, championship match against Chris Jericho um, a long time ago, he's just kind of been floundering somewhere between the upper mid card and the main event level. And um, if they do this right, um, this this match could really uh, send him over the edge into main event status because I am, I am just thoroughly impressed by Adam Page. And uh, I, one, one of the things that was confusing to me, and I think it, I think it was a case of um, Brian Cage trying to upstage Adam and just prove that he didn't need the um, need Team Taz, but it was it, it was why why was why was Brian trying to hit all of Adam's moves? Like I, that was kind of he went for the buckshot lariat. I yeah, I, uh, I was about to say that uh, when he jumped and, in the rope and he was he missed with that one. Yeah, and. Yeah. and it, it just it, it came off kind of weird and then and then of course Taz was um, was getting really pissed off and then and then I un, I understood it I understood why they did want what I'm about to talk about but at the same time I think it kind of took off or took away from the match. And that is, you know, so they're having this awesome barn burner of an opening match. And then here comes Hook and uh, Starks, despite the fact that, um, despite the fact that Cage had made it very clear that he didn't want their involvement. But Taz was screaming at, at the top of his lungs that, 
he needed the help because he was in trouble and, you know, and Adam had kicked out even after he hit the F5 on him. Uh, and even after uh, Cage had attempted the uh, buckshot larian on Page, um, but got reversed. So things were not going well. And that's well that's why Team Taz came out. Um, but I think it just I think that whole sequence just took away from um, from the situation. And then because Ricky slid in the FTW title, which I still don't know why they have that FTW title because it's not it's being Taz like, being stupid. Yeah, he always has to have get himself involved in some way. And you know, this is just another way. Well, I mean, you know, and, and I, I, I understood it when when they were introducing Cage to the AEW roster, but now it's like since it's very clear that they're not going to use it as a regular championship, it's like, okay, get it off my screen now. Because it's not um, a regular championship, it's a manufactured one. Well, exactly. Um, but I just... I didn't think the match needed the, the interference. And I think it just took away from what was a really, really good opener. All right. But that that's just a personal thing. I understand why they did it. And overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, but it, but it, was, it, was, it was interesting because I think, I think judging from Cage's actions that he might be turning face and uh, separating from uh, Team Taz, which I wouldn't hate on because Cage doesn't strike me as the kind that needs a faction to necessarily be successful. So, so, might... so, so you think we'll get a heel Adam Page and then we'll get a and Brian Cage and Christian Cage versus Adam Page and Ethan Page? Oh God! <laughs> you know, Rob, I, I I had a difficult time not tripping over my words reviewing this match. Can we can we not have cage two pages and and rage between all four of or, them? or 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 a fatal four way? Brian Cage versus Christian Cage versus Adam Page versus Ethan Page. Oh God! Too many pages, too many fucking pages. Let's not, let's not do that. I swear, this is, this is the first match that actually rhymes. Everything rhymes. I, 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 I've never reviewed a match like this. But yeah, it, it was it was really, really good. And no. then um, match two actually turned out much better than I was expecting because um, as everybody who's listened to this show for a while understands I get why the Young Bucks are considered uh, one of the great tag teams um, but to this day I don't I don't understand why they're they're in the conversation for being the, the goat because to me it's not even close Um I just have a real issue with them not selling anything. Does that make sense? Yep. And uh, that is Young Bucks um, 
retaining the tag team championships, defeating Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. Now, I have to say, now remember when Ortiz was doing his stupid theatrics, like with the cat thing and whatever? Uh, you remember when Ortiz? Ortiz. Yeah. Remember you see all the, all the stupid theatrics in the ring during his matches? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. I swear. Um, Matt Jackson is so much worse with his overacting. Oh, it's, okay. Now that, now that I see where, where you're going with that, I was like, where's the connection between Ortiz and uh, the Young Bucks? But, yeah, I got you now. Matt is such an overactor. He's so much worse when he's in the ring. Yeah, really. yeah, and and that's that's one of my other pet peeves with the Young Bucks. And um, another thing, a couple of things. Uh, I really hate the stupid spot where they use that whatever Mister whatever they spray in Moxie's face. They hit him in the head. He starts bleeding. Then they they stand over him. They're like doing the shield fist bump. Yeah, and then and then they they teased doing the uh, shield um, power bomb as well. Luckily, luckily, uh, John Moxley got his foot up to kick them uh, to kick the, the one brother right in the mush. I really appreciated that one. Um, but but like th- comparatively, this was a very. Um, I will say that this was a very good uh, tag team match. By the way, they give this twenty one oh nine. It went too long, first of all, but it, but it was a very it was a very good match. I think I think they just tried too hard to make it epic when it didn't really have to be. Um, because because like. Even though it was a good wrestling match, and I have nothing to complain about from that perspective, um, Mox and Kingston with um, with the Young Bucks it doesn't really jump off the page at me as being a a, a stylistic dream, so to speak, and it definitely wasn't. Um, so I was surprised that this one turned out as well as it did, but I don't know what it is about the Young Bucks. It's like, there's just something about them where it's like they're trying too hard. Um, and, it, and it just kind of disengages me from their matches. Now, there are a few exceptions, and, and like I said, this one was still a very good match. And, you know, I think anything AEW does from a tag team perspective – is automatically elevated by how much WWE sucks because they don't choose to have any tag team division whatsoever. Um, so it's like kind of a low bar to live up to. But, you know, I just – I'm not sold on the Young Bucks. And, uh, and there was one particular spot that I absolutely just – I was like, what? Because uh, I, I understood it when they did the, the shield uh, fist bump. But then when they were mocking the, like, uh, as I just pointed out, when they went to do the, the shield 
Um, power bomb maneuver. It, it, it was almost as cringe to me as when when um, Cody Rhodes took the sledgehammer to beat the shit out of Triple H's throne. Like, I, you know, it's like, okay, we get it. You're taking shots at WWE. Can we just have the fucking match, please? Like, if you do it once, okay. The fist bump, that's subtle. We get it. You don't have to do another, you know, I, I don't know. But overall, very good match. A couple things I would have done a little bit differently. Um, but, um, but, you know, without, without sounding like a dick, I, I do have to give credit where it's due in, in that this was, this was a very compelling match and much, much better than I thought it was going to be, so. Very good. That brings us to match number three. We have the Casino Battle Royal. This was one of my low points here. They gave this 22 minutes, 32 seconds. We had the Dark Order, um, the acclaimed Varsity Blondes, uh, the Nightmare Factory, one of the Nightmare Family, so the Nightmare Family Private Party and the Hardy Family Office, whatever. With the surprise um, of the night, the Joker in this uh, match, Leo Rush. That's a good signing for them. I, I was very pleasantly surprised by that. And of course, uh, the winner of this match, Jungle Boy, which I think he deserves. And I just hope they don't mess things up. So so here's, here's the thing, because I'm kind of like right there with you. Um, because this was um, one of the low, one of the low lights of the night for me. Um, but um, I, I will I will give them this because um, if you remember, my pick to win this originally was Christian Cage. Mm-hmm. I, I really thought they were going to have him do it because of of the way that they've been um, building him up. And kind of taking it slow with uh, the in-ring stuff, and I thought that this was a good opportunity to put him on the next level. Now that being said, hold on. Before you go on, uh, let's just update the score sheet. We have we have um, two. Yeah. You and have do you have two, and I have and I have two because I picked Serena Deep and I picked um, Adam Page. So we both have two each. Very good, and um, <clears throat> and uh, you know, so so when it, when it ended up being Christian Cage and and Jungle Boy to finish it up, I, I was like, okay, well that's very good, and then and but up until that point, I didn't care. It wasn't until the very end that I actually gave a shit about the match because one. I don't like the structure of the Casino Battle Royal at all. No, I think it's stupid. They have like four sets of uh, cards and uh, you have like one one uh, deck coming out every, I think, one or two minutes, is it? I think it, I think it was two, two minutes, yeah. I, 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 I don't like that concept. It's just weird. And, um, and, and you know, 
all, all of it was just a little. I don't like how the match was put together. I don't like the concept of the match. But having said that, the the ending was was good enough to like. Okay, well, we have a point here because I was really struggling because I was like, well, if this match is to determine the number one contender for the AEW World Title, shouldn't I be more invested in this as a fan? And they weren't giving me a reason to be until the very end. So even though my pick was Christian Cage based on the fact that he had been booked, I appreciated the fact that they went with Jungle Boy 1 because they're building new talent versus relying on the old, which is a w- w- approach that I definitely agree with. And, and, number, and number two, um, I... I'm hoping that this can move Jungle Boy past the the um oh what is the name of that tag team he's on? Um yeah, Jurassic Express. Yes, thank you. Um, you see you see you see, you see how relevant they are freaking we we even forgot the name. I would, like I know the source, but like we don't even remember the name. Yeah, well, um, I you know I I'm sorry, but I I just I can't get behind a midget and a, and a giant dinosaur. I you know I can't do it. And and, and it, I've mentioned this before, but this is just something something that really uh, I find very interesting. So the man. The man dresses up like a dinosaur to go wrestle, right? Which a, a giant dinosaur, my God, I feel like I'm back in 1995 in, in the WWF. We don't need that again. <laughs> um, but two, the guy is legitimately very, very smart. He has a master's in medieval literature, and he's doing this. You know, and and look, you want to be you want to be a wrestler, be a wrestler. That's fucking awesome. We love wrestling on this show, hence why we're a wrestling podcast. I'm not knocking that. All I'm, all I'm knocking is the dinosaur gimmick because I think without I think without the gimmick, Luchasaurus could be a very very interesting character. Have you ever seen him in NXT? Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, but I must have missed that part then, because I've not, I've not, I must have not been watching. We must not have been getting an XC at that time. Well, the amount of times that I saw him were not many, but I did see it, and I I think I think it would benefit him to get rid of the mask for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but um. But hats off to um, to Jungle Boy. It's very obvious that they're pushing him to the next level, which is which is something that I'm a very big fan of, and I I hope that this is a sign of bigger things to come. So let me but ask the, you. Let me ask you a question. Are you a fan of this theme song? The new one. I I very much prefer this one over the Jurassic Express theme. Yeah. No. No. The Tarzan Boy. That's the one I'm talking about. 
Well, uh, no, I'm still not a fan of that one. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, it's like it's gonna get played out. But, but more than, more than anything, this match right here, even though there are there were many parts of it that I did not like, but the the way that the ending was done, um, just it illustrates a fundamental difference between AEW and WWE, which I which I love because WWE has no idea how to build future stars. None. And the evidence of that is as high as Mount Everest at this point. Um, but, but the fact that the fact that AEW actually puts conscientious effort into building new stars and following up on storylines. It's basic stuff, ladies and gentlemen, but it's stuff that we don't see all the time. So so when when I see logical shit being done, even in the midst of a shit storm that is the casino battle royale, which I will which I will always say I don't like. Um that that's always gonna that's always gonna get a tip of the cap from me. So all right, that brings us to our match number five. This is my second low light. Cody Rhodes defeating Anthony Agogo. They gave this 10 minutes, 32 seconds. This is actually match number four. Oh, no, oh, no cause I'm, I'm looking at, uh, I'm, I'm going by the... Oh, by yeah, the, including the pre-show, too. Yeah, by the okay. pre-show, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, this match was just, no, no. What the, I mean, what the fuck? This was this was absolutely a low light. This had this had no business being on the show. And what I what I found very interesting is the the weakness of that match was not Anthony Agogo, it was Cody Rhodes. Um this match had no business being on the pay-per-view of for two for two major reasons, in my opinion, uh, number one, and commentary made this absolutely clear. Uh, Previous, this was only a go-go's second match in the company, so why the fuck was he on arguably their biggest show of the year? Number two, um, why why is he uh, losing? And why, and why, one, why is, why is he in the ring with Cody Rhodes of all fucking people? Um, and, and number three, what does this say about Cody Rhodes? What, what I mean, what purpose does this match serve? I really, I really don't understand. Somebody has to clue me into that. I don't know. To me, it just seems like Cody Rhodes is selfish. Uh, I don't know. You say he has, he always has to win. Like he can never like lose to anyone else. Well, and and that's certainly arguable because the amount of the amount of losses Cody, Cody Rhodes has taken has been very few. I can tell you that. 
Yeah, that's what not. That's what I'm saying. He like he, he's selfish. He he never wants to lose. He never wants to put others over. Well, and and, and that's that's definitely a point that's arguable. Um, the only thing that I can say that is that is contrary to that um, would be the fact that at least when he said that if he lost the match with MJF, he wasn't going to challenge for the world title, at least up until now, they've stuck to that. So that's something that I can appreciate. And from an in-ring standpoint, I do think that Cody Rhodes is extremely, extremely talented. Um, and... Um, he, and to me, he, he, he honestly comes off like a stand-up guy. Um, now, uh, as it relates to this match, this was not a good showing. And like I said, I don't know why it was on the pay-per-view, um, which is why it has to be considered one of my low points. Um, but for me, the... The absolute low point of the night, and I hate saying this because I, because I had picked this match to be a potential show stealer, and it it came out terrible. Um, Miro versus Lance Archer. This was bad, you know, I, and this was bad because of uh, what they've done to Lance Archer. They brought him in. They ruined his debut. They gave him the TNT Championship, then they take it away, and now they just like totally you know, wasted him. We yeah, and but, but I I agree with all of that. That's points very well made. Um, number one, he hasn't been able to get any momentum, uh, you know, because they keep with the 50-50 booking thing. Um, but right off the right off the bat, before. Um, before he even gets in the gets in the ring, he charges the ring to to do a dive onto uh, Miro over the top rope, and he and he botches that so bad he didn't even get his feet over the rope. He fell face first from the top rope. And it was just like, and from that point on, in, to tell you the truth, I was wondering if he got hurt based off of how short this match was. Um, and they gave this one on ten forty six. It didn't. It felt much shorter than ten forty six. Much shorter. That brings us to our next match for the AEW Women's Championship: Doctor Britt Baker defeating Hikaru Shida. To become the new champion out, and they gave this one eight sixteen twenty two. I'm gonna go back and watch this match. Um, how did you hear uh, what uh, about one of the commentators? Uh, yes. So, if um, if anyone is unfamiliar with what happened uh, this past Friday on um, on Dynamite. Did they, did, did, they, did, they, did, did they pick it up, like, on the show? Because well, I haven't recorded. I haven't watched it yet. Well, no, I don't, I don't think they did because there was in Spanish commentary. 
Oh, okay. And, um, and, you know, I was listening on, on, um, on, uh, American or English, I should say. And, but it came out after the, the show, the, the translation of the audio. Oh. And during Hikaru Shida's, uh, new championship belt presentation, which I still don't understand, especially after, uh, Britt Baker is the new AEW Women's Champion, why they would present a new belt to the old champion if she was just going to lose it two days later. But, but uh, you know, we went over that on the uh, pre-show prediction, so I'm not going to go into that rant again. Um, but, but as it relates to what Elio is talking about, uh, Spanish commentator Willie Urbina um, during the uh, championship presentation uh, to Hikaru Shida on Friday, he was caught on um, on uh, audio making fun of um, making fun of Shida's accent. And it, um, now, granted, I couldn't tell what his tone was. Or, you know, if he was saying it in a joking fashion or anything like that, because, you know, when I listened to the audio clip, it was in, it was obviously in Spanish. And I, I'm, I don't speak Spanish. I do. And can't understand it. So I can't infer anything from this. And what I, what I, what I mean, what I mean by that is, um, you know, yeah, he might have done something stupid. Maybe it was maybe it was dumb to uh, you know mimic her accent. Um, but you know, I I can't tell if he was joking or serious or whatever because I can't understand language. Therefore, I can't I can't really uh, take anything from tone of voice or anything like that. Um, but um, Apparently, it was serious enough for Tony Khan to feel it justified um, for for Urbina to get fired. So, um, but uh, but shout out to Sheeta because um, she handled it beautifully. Um, she released her own statement on on social media. Um, saying saying that um, she's proud of of her um, heritage, and people can say what they want, but she she wouldn't change it because she's proud of who she is. There was more to it than that, but uh, that was the tone, that was the tonality of it. So um, so um, you know, it, it, it'll it'll be it'll be interesting to see if we hear anything anything um, other than that. I don't I don't think so. I think the situation is pretty much over and done with now. But um, but uh, at, at least at least Sheeta has handled it properly, and uh, and from what I from what I can gather of of the incident um appa- apparently apparently people felt like the 
felt like his actions justified him getting fired. So, um, apparently the guy has a lot of experience, uh, in the wrestling industry. Um, so he made a boo-boo and, uh, we'll just have to see if we hear the name Willie Urbina again. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was that kind of thing that he can't come back from or not. Only because I don't understand Spanish, and even and even though it, it was translated, I can't I can't tell you, you know how he meant to come across or anything like that. So, um, but the match itself was uh, really great. I enjoyed it, and it's a uh, good to see Britt uh, Baker as the new champion. Yeah. Now, now. I, as as for the uh, double or nothing match, I I agree with Elio. Uh, this was one of this was one of the better offerings that the women's division has put up uh, since uh, Sheeta went one on one and un- or, um, I'm sorry, not Sheeta. Since Britt Baker went one on one with Thunder Rosa in that unsanctioned match on Dynamite, um, where she got all bloody. Um, courtesy of Thunder Rosa. Um, but yeah, this was definitely good. And um, I have to tell you, I was not sold on um, Britt Baker from an in the ring uh, standpoint. Um, but she has definitely um, worked on her craft and uh, she has come leaps and bounds from where she was when AEW started. Um, cause if you remember, they were positioning her to be a top dog from, from the very beginning. And then they kind of had to back off on her because it was clear that the, that the in-ring aspect of things wasn't quite there yet. Um, but props to her because she has worked her ass off. And I, I thought that that, um, that one, her match with Thunder Rosa was a real eye opener to, um, her progress and also uh, she um, she really uh, represented herself quite well here and I was very happy uh, that Britt Baker um, captured the championship because I felt it was time. Uh, Sheeta had had the belt for for over a over a year um, and you know I say this all all the time when it comes to uh, foreign performers who can't speak English and I don't I don't mean it to be rude clearly Sheeta can speak English a little bit um or who knows she may be able to speak it very well but to my knowledge she hasn't done it on um, Dynamite we don't hear her cut you never heard her speak on Dynamite no I have. Can she? And yeah, how well? Did... No, she speaks English. She she can speak well. You can tell there's uh, like that accent, that little accent there, but she's fine. Oh well, okay. Well then, my uh, my apologies because I ha- I have not heard her cut a lot of promos or anything like that. So uh, not an in ring promo. I like it was mainly backstage, but. Yeah, if I, I further speak backstage. Well, 
Okay. Well, then I stand corrected. I was not aware of that. Uh, that brings us to our next match. Darby Allen Sting defeating Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. They gave this 14.05, and uh, people are saying this was a Sting special, best showing since he joined AEW. Well, obviously. Um, but, but, to, to, but to his credit, um, you know, the guy just turned 62 years old. Um, back in April, I think, and um, March actually, I believe it was. I'm it was sorry. March March twentieth, actually. I, and I, 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 that that's just that's not even that's off the top of my head. Even though I actually had the page open here with his birthday. <laughs> um. Oh well. <laughs> either way. Um. <laughs> Uh, Sting shocked the hell out of me. Uh, number one with his dive off of the um, off of the stage, um, which was awesome. Uh, but um, but ju- just the overall quality of the match, because other than other than the street fight that he had with uh, Team Taz alongside alongside Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, this was his first um, in-ring action in six years since um, Seth Rollins broke his neck with that botched buckle bomb at uh, at Night of Champions 2015. Um, so um, I'm he shocked the hell out of me, and, and good on him. Um, I have I have nothing bad to say about this match from. Any perspective, I thought I thought all four of them did very very well, and uh, oh. <clears throat> all right. So now that that brings us to match number nine. Where am I? Because uh, yeah. So uh, we have Kenny Omega, Dog Collector, defeating Orange Cassidy and Pac in a triple threat. To hold on to that championship, they gave this 27 minutes and 10 seconds. Yes, and the only complaint that I have about this match is that it did not main event the show. Because once again, I have a significant pet peeve when world title um, matches do not main event shows. I know, yeah, I I agree. I think uh, championship matches should always be the last match. Um, but having said that, I was I was very impressed with the match because I was I was quite dubious about it coming in, believe it or not, because I'm like, you know, why is Orange Cassidy involved in this? Um, because to be honest with you. And and this is this is still the case, even though even though Orange Cassidy did wonderful in this match and he added a lot to it, and my hats off to him. Um, I myself would have been more invested in the match had it just been Kenny Omega versus Pac for for the championship. That's that's a situation I'm more interested in. Um, and uh, there was one spot in particular that I did not like because it was just 
uh, poorly executed, in my opinion. Um, when uh, when Don Callis came running down from commentary uh, to save Kenny Omega, it, it was it was so obvious and so um, and just so poorly executed in terms of timing that that was going to be the plan. Um, and I, I just, I don't like Don Callis in this role. Neither do I. Um, I, 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 I really don't. Of course, I, I don't, I don't like Don Callis, period. I can do something about him. Well, but the, but the thing is, Kenny, okay, Kenny Omega is the bitch heel, Okay. And, and and I get that Don Callis is like the the smarmy manager, and he plays his role very well. That's not um, a role. That's actually him. How do you know that? Because uh, the the guys that I do the other show with uh, know him well. Oh well, I will um, I will keep my mouth shut because I. I don't have any knowledge of the of the of the guy, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna uh, plead the fifth on that one because I have, <laughs> okay. I have nothing uh, positive or negative to add. I didn't know I do I, I, I just do that out there just as a bit of trivia. <laughs> yeah, kind of the kind of the reason why you have an issue with uh, Taz, right? <laughs> 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 But um, <laughs> we know he love Taz. Well, yeah, yeah, I am, I am partial to Taz. Um, but um, but yeah, the, this match was much better than I was anticipating it to be, um, because they didn't build it up very well, um, before the pay per view. Uh, it was a very poorly executed world title build. Um, and going back to Callis for a minute to finish my point on him, um, I just feel like Kenny doesn't need Callis to, to do that in a championship match. You already had Gallows come out. You have, you have Carl Anderson come out. Why, why does Don Callis, who's not a wrestler, have to come out to save your ass. I mean, cause you got a lot of henchmen that's out here. Uh, hold on, no, keep keep going, cause that's gonna bother me now. I have to look this up. If Don Callis was actually a wrestler at, at any point. Um, but like I said, um, a very uh fun match to, um, that really over over delivered. Um. And I and the 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 ending was a little bit um, was a little bit off because I hated the fact that he used the belts to hit um, to hit um, um, Orange Cassidy four times before um, before he gets the. Uh, the victory that was a little cheap, 
and it, it doesn't speak very highly to the other companies in terms of of how their world titles are being treated by AEW. That's for sure. Um, but other than other than that, I um, those were my only complaints. And that brings sorry, go on. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I was done. Okay, no, okay. So I was just looking it up. Uh, his professional wrestling career, he was trained by Tony Condello and he debuted in 1989 under his actual name, Don Callis. And how long did he wrestle for? Um, he debuted in 89, he retired in 2006. Oh, okay. I didn't realize he was an active wrestler. I didn't even know that. I only remember him as the jackal leaving the Truth Commission. <laughs> See, Don Callis has that effect on my co-host. Yeah, so, so somebody slipped me a uh, uh, Advil PM. <laughs> my apologies. So, so um, that, that that brings us to the that brings us to the main event, and Ben. Yeah. No, you're not looking at the time, are you? No. Take a. Can you guess how much time they gave this match? Oh my God! It felt like forever. Now, um, now remember, I said they gave the Omega match twenty-seven minutes and ten seconds. How much do you would you guess they gave this match? Um, maybe, uh, maybe um, twenty-three minutes. Is that your final answer? Sure, why not? They gave this match 27 minutes and 10 seconds. It was the exact length of the Omega match. Oh, no. Well, there's there's a situation that will never happen again. <laughs> so well, that, in this match, it was a stadium stampede, the inner circle defeating the pinnacle. Well, and first, first of all, before we say anything about the actual match, that was absolutely the right decision to keep the inner circle together because the pinnacle needs to play off of the inner circle because the the interaction between uh, MJF and uh, Jericho is is pure gold, uh, and, and and we saw that on display. Uh, in the stadium stampede situation. Now, say what you want about stadium stampede. We know it's wild. We know it's crazy. Um, I I enjoyed this one much more than I enjoyed the one last year. Okay. Um, I won. One, I I think it was a, a perfect mix between, you know, comedy and surprise appearances and actual good fight situations. Um, last year, it kind of struck me as like, okay, they're doing stupid shit for the sake of doing stupid shit. Now, perhaps I was taken out of last year's uh Stadium Stampede because of the situation with uh, Matt Hardy and the forklift. But 
this this one just came off um, much better to me. So. Okay. And uh, so that, that is her review of AEW Double or Nothing. Ben, what are you going to grade this? I, I would give it an 8.3 out of 10. That's an A. All right. Very good. No, uh, well, it's, a, it's a B by American standards, but. I still don't understand that. And, and I'm, I'm being serious. I still don't understand that because. Uh, the, the way it works, 190 to 100 is A plus here. Um, 80 to 95 is A. Uh, 70 to 80 is, or 70 to 75 is a B. Okay, well, to, to break it down, um, 90 to, or actually, I'm sorry, 95 to 100 here is an A plus. Yeah, okay, that's the same. Uh, okay. 90 to 90 f- and 90 to 94 would be an A. Okay. Uh, 80 to 89 is, is a B. Oh, okay. Uh, 70 to 79 is a C. Okay. Uh, 60 to 69 is a D, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, okay. All right. So, okay, so you gave it an A, okay? Uh, you know what? I'm going to follow no, suit. No, I, no. By American standards, I gave it a B. Sorry. I, I'm going to actually follow suit and I'll go with a B as well because I thought this was a really great show. And it was, was like, even with a few lowlights, uh, there were more highlights than low. There were more highlights than lows, so. Uh, clear, clearly, Elio is a fan of uh, of Chris Jericho, and I wonder if he prefers break the break the walls down to uh, to his Judas theme. Which one do you prefer? And before we get into Raw, I'm going to tell you. I think you read my mind because. After we break down raw, which will be quick because we're not gonna bore the people with uh, with every bullshit detail, right? Yeah. After that, I got a game for you. This or that, where we have a wrestler in this case, Chris Jericho. We and we put the WWE theme versus the AEW theme, and which one you like better? Absolutely. Very good. All right, so let's get, before we do that, let's get into Monday Night Raw. Oh my God! Uh, Just do your highlights and lights. Oh dear! You know th- this is this is the issue that I have. I was even telling my mother this: the oh, no. difference in entertainment value between Sunday and Monday's shows are night and day. It's just, I cannot believe that AEW and WWE Raw are in the same industry. Because, you know, here you have AEW, which makes me, which, talking about double or or nothing, just the pay-per-view itself, that that reminds me of why I've, I've always been a wrestling fan in the first place, 
to to Monday night with the show that made me a wrestling fan that now makes me want to poke out my eyeballs. <laughs> because this shit is absolutely atrocious. Now, we will start with... Uh, Start with um, let's start with the, the new um, the new commentator Jimmy Smith, uh, who, as I mentioned on Saturday's show, is known as an as an MMA commentator for uh, Bellator uh, MMA, which which is um, which is similar to UFC, just on a smaller scale. Um, and he did so much better right off the bat than Adnan Burke. His, his voice and his style of delivery, his knowledge of the product, like, I don't know how knowledgeable he is about professional wrestling, but I didn't, I didn't catch any, uh, screw ups or, um. So is it just, is it just me or did Adnan Burke sound like he was bored? Well, he did, and I, I don't I don't blame him for that. I mean, I'm bored when I watch Monday Night Raw, but I I I get kind of eye rollish when you constantly mess up nicknames, even after Corey Graves corrected you, and then you still call him the wrong nickname. Uh, that that, and we're gonna need a bigger boat. We're not watching Jaws, you idiot. Braun Strowman is 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 um, imitating a train, as stupid as that sounds. But he, he's not imitating a boat about to get broadsided by a great white shark. Perhaps, perhaps Braun Strowman is the great white shark broad broadsiding uh, Monday Night Raw, but he's certainly not in a boat. Um. But, uh, but aside from that, there were just too many mistakes in a short period of time for Adnan Burke and bye-bye-bye. Uh, I, I sound like a bad NSYNC song from the 90s. Why oh, you don't um, like that song? I hate that song. <laughs> it's okay, so do I. Thank you. We can still be friends because <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you just said you were an NSYNC or a boy band fan, we would have had to cancel this podcast permanently because I can't do sh- I can't do shit with a guy that likes NSYNC and the Backstreet Bitches and on and on we go. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, heads off to Jimmy Smith. He did much better. So low light right off the bat. Charlotte versus Nikki Cross. Stupid. Oh, stupid. 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 Yes. But how, how dare I forget? I, I cannot believe this, but this may actually be worse than Charlotte versus Nikki Cross. Ladies and gentlemen, the evening started with Miz TV. And the Miz was saying that, um, you know, he'll be out of action for a while because he got attacked by zombies at. Uh, at uh, WrestleMania Backlash. So then, Johnny Drip Drip Morrison, who makes me drip drip tears of agony every time he's forced to be on my TV, 
He's wearing onion. He's wearing garlic around his neck. Why is he wearing garlic around his neck, Elio? Because he wants to be protected. He wants to ward off vampires. But the, there weren't any vampires. They were they were Saudis, okay? There were vampires. Rhea Ripley came out. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a vampire. Uh, this this shit sucks. Zombies and vampires are not the same. Are not the same thing. They will not be treated as such. And racist. And on top of all of that, why do we have garlic on Monday Night Raw? Oh, that's that's right. I expect standards from a show that already had tomatoes on it. Perhaps. So now we've had tomato, garlic. Now all we're missing is a little bit of Parmesan. I'll tell you, catering has been quite busy coming up with new ingredients for Monday Night Raw to use on this weekly television show. This is such bullshit, ladies and gentlemen. And the shit continues to roll downhill because we have another beat the clock challenge. Featuring Nikki Cross. Uh, now, as you'll recall from our review last week, Rhea Ripley faced Nikki Cross, and the situation was that if uh, if 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 she beat uh, Nikki in two minutes, then you know she would have bragging rights over Charlotte, right? Well, that didn't happen because Rhea Ripley decided to ignore the giant fucking clock that was on the Titantron and constantly tell Nikki that she was the one wasting time, even though she lost the Beat the Clock Challenge. Well, the same thing happened to Charlotte because Nikki Cross was pissing her off with her antics and just playing keep away. And I, I swear, this is just so stupid because there's 30 seconds left in the match. Um, Charlotte has yet to attempt to, to, to uh, slap on a finisher. We get to about the 10-second um, portion of the show, and she's just now starting to uh, set up for the figure four. But before she can get it locked in, and I mean before she can even even cross her leg over Nikki's leg entirely, the, uh, the clock runs out and and Nikki cross wins for the second week in a row. Why are we doing this to the women's division on Monday Night Raw? No, this sucks. And then. If you think that they can't get any worse, um, Eva Marie is coming back to the Monday Night Raw women's roster. And because of that, Elio, I would like to take a minute and hit pause because I need a, a moment to collect myself. So if you. Ladies and gentlemen, my apologies. I had to uh, 
I had to step aside because I had a physical reaction to the thought of Eva Marie returning to the women's division on Monday Night Raw. I'm actually giving this a chance. I know you're probably thinking what the hell is the matter with you, but I'm going to give this a chance. That's exactly what I'm thinking. What? <laughs> Don't you remember what happened the last time she Yeah, last time she sucked that. I'm saying, I'll give it a chance. I don't and say it's, it's going to work out. Oh, God. Well, well, you are a much more patient man than I am. It comes from years of waiting in hospital rooms. But, but you know, because I don't have the patience to run down this entire card of Monday Night Raw, because I have too much respect for our listeners to put them through that, there are two more parts of the show that I feel compelled to go over. One is a low light of all low lights, and the other one is actually a high point. Okay. Um, Shayna Baszler lost to Reginald, ladies and gentlemen. Lost? She lost to Reginald? Yes. What the fuck? Um... Yeah, uh, Reginald Penn, the former NXT champion, the most dominant NXT women women's champion next to Asuka of all time. Uh, she was defeated by a former Strike This Away performer. And I have a better chance of joining Cirque du Soleil, even the even though I live in a wheelchair, than I do of WWE becoming relevant again as it relates to Monday Night Raw. This is so horrifically terrible, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot describe my level of rage, my level of contempt. And I have, a, I have a question. Oh, God. Oh, good God. Do you have a question? Well, before you ask me that question, let me ask you a question of my own, Elio. Is your question going to mitigate my rage over Shayna Baszler losing to Reginald on Monday Night Raw? No, my, no, my question is that uh, is Shayna a face or a heel? She's she's supposed to be a heel. That's just ridiculous. Making her lose. Okay, go on. Well, I don't care if she's a face or a heel. With the fact that she she fucking lost. It's so ridiculous. It's It's an insult to the art that is professional wrestling. Yeah. Now, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, for for those of you that have been with us for a while. I have gone on rants against intergender wrestling. I just don't like it in general um, because anything that uh, anything that, that seems violent against women, I don't like. Um, but this doesn't even deserve that angle to be taken. This is just straight up. This is an insult to Shayna Baszler, and this is an insult to any. A professional wrestling fan watching this shit. Um, the fact that this made it to air without somebody saying, hmm, maybe we shouldn't do this shit. Maybe we should actually push something that actually fucking matters 
maybe we should find something useful uh, for Mustafa Ali to do um, rather than try to warn Mansur against getting involved on Monday Night Raw. Um, you know, maybe that would be an idea. But clearly, Bruce Pritchard and good old Vinnie Mac, my good old pal Vinnie Mac, have no fucking idea how to write compelling WWE television, or dare I say, television of any kind. They should be exercised back to their fucking retirement home, where we never have to see them ever the fuck again. As professional wrestling contributors in any fucking capacity, have I made my ire clear? Yes. Thank you. Thanks for playing. Now, <laughs> because of the fact that I am a fair individual, and because I want to point out something good on on any wrestling show when it deserves. Drew McIntyre versus Kofi Kingston was an actually very good match. That was a very good main event. Now, having said that, that's about as far as my as my charitable donation of goodness towards Monday Night Raw will go because I have no interest in seeing Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley again. And that's exactly what's going to happen off the back of him defeating Kofi Kingston last night. Is we are getting Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley again. I believe this is going to be the eighth time in 2021 that these two have competed. I think, come hell in a cell, that'll be the eighth time that's that we've, too seen, much. That's too that we've much. seen Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley in uh, 2021. Just stop. That's too much. You eight, think? Eight times. Yeah. You think? Go on. And it, it might even be more than that. God help us. Exactly. Except, Elio, you're forgetting something. Vincent McMahon and God are not on speaking terms because Vince McMahon <laughs> faced God and Shawn Michaels. Yes, I'm well aware. In a handicap match well in 2006. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> and with. <sighs> And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I will perform a merciful act worthy of God and end this review of Monday Night Raw before my anger gets the best of me and I use God's name in vain. However, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make things fun again here, okay? Ben, we're going to play a game before we close out the show. Oh, yeah? What you got in mind? We're going to have... We're going to take a wrestler. We're going to take two theme songs. And we're going to have WWE versus AEW. 
Okay, cool. All right, so the first one is Chris Jericho, okay? So yeah. you have to pick which one you like better. Okay, hold on. Let me just um, get the video over here. Uh, turn the volume up. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Let me let me redo this. Because it's going too fast. All right. So the first one is Jericho, okay? Right. Which one do you like there? Break down the walls. Oh, come on. You're not a Judas fan. I, I am a, I am a Judas fan, absolutely. I actually have Judas on my playlist, but I uh, I am just I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna break the walls down, absolutely. All right, next one. Sting. Um, I actually preferred the WWE version that they did. Yeah, I really like that one too. With the with the crumb call. Yep. Yeah. All right. Next we have Christian. AEW, um, one, because it's just a better song, and two, because one of my favorite bands of all time does his AEW and TNA version, which is Evanescence. Oh, okay. I like Evanescence. All right, next we have Matt Hardy. Okay, and that was a that was a short one because uh, they don't have twenty. But that's not all we have to close out the show, Ben. Yeah, I mean, I have some trivia questions for you. Yes. All right. So, how well do you know WWE's best tag teams? I know them pretty well. Question number one. Who has the more who has more tag team title reigns? The New Day or the the Usos? The New Day. Correct. You know what? Have the Usos they they've been champions, right? What? They've been champions, right? Yeah. Or or is it that they've never uh, been at a WrestleMania that they were talking saying? No, no, they've both been at WrestleMania, but I don't think against each other, though. 
Okay. Not all of the Usos themselves, like they, uh, isn't that, weren't they saying that they've never been at a WrestleMania since they've been with the company? Or am I? Well, no, that's not, that's not true. Okay. All right, uh, next question. Who has more tag title rings? The Rockers, British Bulldogs, or the Hart Foundation? Heart Foundation. Correct. Dudley Boys, Edge and Christian, or the Hardy Boys? Dudley Boys. Legion of Doom, Demolition, or the Nasty Boys? Uh, LOD. Demo- demolition. Oh shit, I didn't know that. Bailey and Sasha Banks or the Kabuki Warriors? Um the Kabuki Warriors. Bailey and Sasha Banks. What the fuck? I thought it makes sense. The Brothers of Destruction. DX or the Rock and Sock Connection? Um, I'm going to say Brothers of Destruction. Correct. The Outsiders, New Age Outlaws, or Harlem Heat? Harlem Heat. Correct. And the last one, The Shield, Ms. Morrison, or The Bar? The bar. Correct. You got six out of eight. Well done. You got six out of eight. Yeah, that's the best I've ever done on one of those. All right, so Ben, now what do you say we bring the show to a close? Absolutely, my friend. All right, fans, for my co-host, he's Ben. I'm Elio. This is a PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We will talk to you all on Saturday. Ben, say night to the fans. Good night, people, and uh, thanks for joining us. And um, I, I have to give a shout-out to our audience in general real quick because right before we came on the air tonight, I looked at our numbers, and we are officially exactly at 3,400 listeners overall. So thank you very, very, very much. You guys have helped us grow astronomically. That's awesome. So with that, we bow down to you because you are fucking awesome. You're the best audience in the game. And uh, we will see you on Saturday.